Welcome to Chicana and Latina Moms Podcast. This space is created for all my Chicana and Latina sisters. I will touch base on mental health awareness to be able to help you understand different ways of implementing self-care and self-love. And also to remind you, que no estás sola. I want to also let you know that this is an evolución. Unidas creamos cambio, pero solo con acción. Hola, my Chicana and Latina moms. ¿Cómo están? ¿Cómo están chingonas? I hope you're having a beautiful day. I hope you are able to take a deep breath before you get up from bed and remind yourself of your worth, that you are a beautiful human being, that you have gone through many things in your life, and that it's going to take time to heal, and that is okay. Remind yourself of that. We are living creatures. Of course, we're going to have all of these emotions. Vamos a chillar, como dicen. <laughs> Vamos a chillar. Vamos a reír. Vamos a dudar. Vamos a crear. Vamos a luchar. Y siguiendo. Siguiendo y dándole a la vida. Right? Continuing to live life and making the best out of it. It is beautiful. Life is crazy beautiful. That's the way I like to explain it. It's crazy beautiful. <laughs> um, so yes, thank you so much, ladies, um, for taking the time to click here at Chicana and Latina Moms podcast. My name is Amapola Ramirez, and I am a therapist, and I love my Chicano and Latino community. And... You know, I think that all of the things that we have experienced in life has a lot to do with the way we grew up seeing our parents, right? And how we have these cultural expectations and how we have these questions within us and the culture experiences and the way we perceive life, right, based on those cultural experiences, um, we answer. We answer to these questions that we have in life based on that as well. So as motherhood, it's not easy. Or even if those that are listening are not mommies. And, you know, at the end of the day, we will attempt to create the most beautiful experience in life as we can. And even if sometimes nos quedamos atoradas en la carretera, así como que I'm stuck emotionally, you're not alone. You're not alone. I think many of us grew up at some point not hearing, you know, from our parents, que no estás sola, or maybe you did, and if you did, amazing. And for those that didn't, and you didn't grow up hearing that, it... And then you continue to not hear or feel like a support the way you feel like you've always needed it. Just know that at the end of the day, you have your being. Those emotions that sit with you. Or that sometimes maybe you have a difficult time sitting with certain emotions. The abandonment, right? The emotional abandonment of a mother or father. 
or anyone who you looked up to y te decepcionaron. There's a journey that we have, um, of course, life, right? And as long as you are able to make the time for you to implement self-care, to remind yourself of your worth, that's the most beautiful gift you can give to yourself. It is chingona, luchona. And remind yourself of that. Because if you're waiting for people to remind you of that, no, pues, ahí estuvo. <laughs> Vamos a esperar, sabe cuánto tiempo. But give it to yourself. It's a gift. It's a gift. So today's episode, I have a beautiful mommy, a beautiful, beautiful lady, inside and out. Her name is Araceli Espinosa Med. She is the host of a Rad Mama podcast. So go check her out. She's amazing. And you'll get to know about her and why she started the podcast. She's going to share um, a piece of her life. And I hope that you are able to support her podcast as well. She's a Chicana mother. And I know it, I love her podcast and I know you will too. So let's start and get to know Araceli Espinosa Med. Okay, Chicana and Latina moms. So I have Araceli Espinosa Med here. Hi, Araceli. Welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, I'm Apola. Thank you so much for having me. I'm uh, excited and a little nervous. I know. So <laughs> Don't worry. I still get nervous myself. <laughs> it's normal. Okay, good. It's normal. So, awesome. yeah. So, Araceli, you're the host of A Red Mama podcast. And, a ver, dinos, you know, how did you start and why? Because it's awesome. I love it. Okay, yeah. So, I just started A Red Mama podcast in January. So, I kind of first started off with a blog, I want to say in September or October, around that time, I first started off with a blog, and then I realized that, like, having to do a lot of, like, the writing and the research was kind of not taking a lot of time, but I felt that I was able to get my words out or my um, ideas out uh, verbally faster and quicker, and I listen to podcasts all the time. Like, every morning I start my day with a podcast when I'm in the shower. Yeah. So I just really enjoy the art making of um, podcasting and, like, storytelling. And then also um, I feel that, you know, just continuing to give a voice to Latina moms um, out in the podcast world because when I first became pregnant, I didn't find a lot of um, Chicana or Latina mom-type podcasts. Actually, yours was one of the first ones I came across. Oh, nice. And Yeah, and so I think you inspired me a lot to also then talk about what is, like, true and honest about, mm. like, the motherhood journey. And um, and then also adding, like, my, uh, my ideas around, like, uh, political activism or and mental health also um, and the purpose of, like... Uh, you know, um, how we are like mothers is an action and it mm -hmm. is a form of activism as well. Cause we are like social creators. Yes. I love that. Oh, that is so good. And I'm glad that you decided to, to create this podcast cause it's amazing. And, and 
For those who are listening, Araceli is an activist and a youth educator as well. And um, and tell us about that, the, the activism part. Yeah, so I started um, being like an act, act, uh, activist um, uh-huh. mainly first in, pro, in protest form. Um, when I was in high school, so my older sister, Amy, she would like take me to protests and different things like that. Um, I lived in LA at the time. Okay. And so a lot of the protests happened in Hollywood. So we would go out and do that. And I just got really excited and activated about, um, being part of the, uh, political spectrum and like our right as Americans to go out and protest against mm-hmm. things that we don't believe in, that the government is doing. And so... Specifically during that time, it was uh, during, like, the Bush presidency and um, protesting a lot, like, against, like, the Iraq War and Guantanamo Bay were a lot of that. And then um, also going to May Day protests. So actually, today is May 1st. So it's also, like, May Day. um, It's a day to celebrate um, all workers, right? And so doing that kind of activism as well. And then as an educator, um, now that I'm in the Bay Area, I feel that we do a lot of um, political and activist education in the after-school program I work for. Um, okay. And really just thinking about what is the education that we're bringing and how are we supplementing what schools um, cannot give our youth. And um, I work in the Bay Area, and so it's a, a really huge, um, prominent black and brown community. Um, okay. And so making sure that the liter- the literature we use is representative of our community and our history so um i think that's also like a great way that i feel like i'm activist is also in my education educational work with youth yeah oh that is so beautiful that is awesome it's just amazing right when you attend like the first protest and it's it's just i don't know sometimes i get the chills just like being there (laughs) right it's so yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, like so exciting. Your adrenaline's going, and you feel like you're part of something bigger than yourself. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's amazing. So I know you also identify yourself as a Chicana. What is what does that mean to you? To to say oh, you're a Chicana. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my! I was just having this conversation with my sister and my cousin a few uh-huh. days ago. We had like a a little Zoom get together. Uh huh. And um, so my cousin and I, she's a Chicana professor, um, also at Cal State LA. Love it. And um, so we were like talking about our Chicana identities and how that came about. And for me, it was really taking a Chicana feminism class at um, Cal State LA mm. and uh, with Doctora Espinosa, uh, Dion Espinosa. Nice. And really just trying to identify who I am. Uh, coming from like a par- uh, immigrant parents, you know, who uh-huh. who all came here as kids, but also were raised in American culture, um, but also also saying like, I like you are Mexican. This is who you are, and so I felt like my Mexican identity was always handed to me. And for the first time, I had a chance to identify myself mm-hmm. and just really being part of like the American. Um, uh, culture and the Mexican culture, you know, the same, yeah. like, me, me eres de aquí, ni de allá, yeah. right? And so mm-hmm. I felt that all the time, like, we would go to Tijuana, and they're like, oh, it is del otro lado, and I was like, okay, so what's the other side? And so yeah. having to hold both identities throughout my life, um, and I felt like Chicana, the Chicana identity really holds both of it, and it really speaks on um, having both cultures in your life. Yeah. Which is beautiful. It's like we have those two, right? And yeah, ni de aquí ni de allá, pero 
But we still belong. Aquí estamos. <laughs> Aquí estamos y no nos vamos a ir. <laughs> yeah, I love that because even to share when I think of like Chicana, I think as also responsibility for the community, right? Like I just think of right. the Chicano movement in the 60s and how that created a lot of shifts. And um, we, that's it's just beautiful. We It was a movement to, to impact the community. And I think, you know, educating ourselves, right, as Chicanas and, and being mothers, like you said, being, what did you say? Uh -huh. Being a mother is also like an activist, right? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. Like motherhood is an action and like we're social creators. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh -huh. that's a beautiful way to to say it because don't mess with us mama bears, right? Because. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yo, yeah. So, you know, what can you say has been, you know, like that, you know, those imposter syndrome, right? That kicks in in our lives and stuff. So what can you describe like how you've experienced that? Yeah. So I feel like I'm, um, I'm understanding what imposter syndrome is now that I'm like in my early thirties. Um, mm. and I didn't, I didn't have that terminology, um, a few years ago. But yeah. I feel like it started when I, um, I moved to the Bay Area because, uh, for art school and stuff like that. And I felt like I was like the, the most free person I've ever been, my most authentic self. And then I got back into um, the professional world working in education. And I felt like I had to not like close myself up, but I'll, um, edit myself. Mm. And so I don't, not necessarily because they ask of that, but I just felt that I had to do that being in the workforce. It was always, like, I've always been taught that, like, you do what you're told, so you don't get in trouble and you keep your job, right? Yeah. Um, and so I kind of took that mindset on my own. Um, and no one told me when I started working again um, that, that I needed to do that, but it was just something that had been ingrained in me. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think it happened when I started getting back into, like, that space. Um, and over time, I've had to really come into myself and know that the organization I'm working for doesn't ask that of me. Um, okay. And so I can really show up authentically as myself. But then every time I get like a promotion or I get a new role, like I start to say, did I really deserve this? Oh, okay. You know, am I really supposed yeah. to be here? Um, and, or like, am I an expert? Like how can I really help people out? Yeah. And I think right now I'm in that because I just started a new role in October And starting a new um, role in leadership during the pandemic with a team that I haven't met in person or worked with in person is also really hard to build that trust. And so yeah. I feel there's a lot of self-doubt. And I get, um, I have anxiety and depression. And so um, sometimes I think that might play a part into it where I really get into my head and yeah. start telling myself all these like negative things. But no one said it, right? No yeah. one told it to me. No one's saying those things. But I feel like I need to be perfect to prove myself that I am mm. worthy um, of being in this space. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes we do because we see it from our parents, right? It's like trabajar, 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 self-care, no existe, eso es huevo, nada. And you just, yes. you can't say anything porque si no te corren y luego que, you know? Yeah, right. yeah, the imposter syndrome is something that really, like, kicks in because then we're like, oh, my God, like, um, do I really deserve this at at the end of the day? And it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, and how did you shift that? How did you shift it to be able to then honor and take that in? Um, 
I think it was time, and I think it has to do with, like, a relationship building, who are the people I'm surrounding myself with and encouraging. Yes, yes. And, like, um, even when critique happens, but, like, if it happens with love and care, you know, versus, like, I'm going to critique you because I want you to feel bad. Exactly. Right? So it's definitely the people that you're surrounding yourself with that helps yeah. um, with that. And then um, my husband's a, a really huge support, so he encourages me a lot and reminds me. That's good. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, he reminds me, uh, like, why I am doing the work and, like, what my role is and how yeah. I have been successful. And so um, having that encouragement really helps out, um, yeah. especially when, when I, I'm not feeling my best. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think that helps. And then um, over time, like in the last role I was in, I felt very confident. Um, I could see the the outcome of all of my hard labor. And so um, right now, I'm not seeing outcome of my or I don't know if I am. Maybe I'm just being hard on myself. I'm not going to say that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to say the, the work of my labor, but. Um, yeah, I just, uh, I'm trying to figure out what that looks like right now. Yeah. That is. Yeah. yeah. What does this even mean? Is imposter syndrome like real for me or is it just my anxiety? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, that's, that's the thing. And it's okay, right? Like, because sometimes we do get into this space in our lives where we're like, wait, why, why do I feel stuck? What's happening? But sometimes being stuck and processing it and because it becomes uncomfortable, it pushes us to try to continue to find those answers. Right. And and you have your, your husband who's supporting. He sees that potential in you. And um and you know, the says says ganas he's your cheerleader, right? Yes, he is. Yeah. I know. He does so much. And then you as well, you know, like, am I a good enough wife, Damien? Like yeah. am I doing the same for him? Like that also kicks in. Yeah. Um a veces. But um you know, he has no real complaints, he says. Oh, <laughs> you're like, okay, pues, uh, then I guess I'm good, right? <laughs> right, right. So I think it's just those kinds of moments um, that come that come and go. And um, I'm trying to learn and, and heal from not believing in myself. And I think it's a lot of healing and inner work that I have to do yeah. in order to believe that I am right where I need to be. Yeah, and you will. And you definitely will. I can definitely relate with what you're saying because I didn't know what imposter syndrome was. And, and you know, it's just trying to find all these answers, navigating emotionally, navigating the educational system. When I was going to college, I mean, I'm the first one in my family to go to college. So it was like, ¿Qué hago? Am I doing this right? Do I even deserve this? Sometimes I would get criticized by my own mother. Be like, ¿Para qué vas a las clases de, de PE? ¿Eso para qué es? You know, it's like, I need it. It's a class. It's an elective. <laughs> oh, my God. So hearing that. I don't know if you can so relate funny. to something like that. but <laughs> Yeah, well, I think, like, for me, like, going to art school, that was, like, such, um like, not... Like, it wasn't a real career path or it yes. wasn't going to get me anywhere, you. you know? And yeah. so I'm like, okay, like, but that was the first time in my adulthood that I felt the truest to myself. Like, yes. I felt really me. And I, I love that. And I, I'm not making art right now, but um, I think if I start doing that, um, that that would start bringing my, my truth out. And mm-hmm. when I feel like my most authentic self, which I think is part of why I created the podcast as well. Um, to also be like to create something, I need to be active and um, yeah. get my mind going to tell stories. 
Yes. I love your pose. They're so awesome. Yeah. I like Thank that. You. Yeah, because I learned so much from you too. I was like, oh my God, I didn't think about that. And I was like, that is so true. Um, and yeah, <laughs> right? Taking advantage of our, our platforms in a very productive, uh, meaningful manner. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I'm wondering, like, um, yeah, like, sometimes I like do my posts and I'm like, oh, did like anyone relate to that? Oh, Was my God. Just, yes. Like, is this important <laughs> or not? You know, so yeah. everything I question, everything, it, it's exhausting. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. I've done that. I'm like, do people really care for what I have to say in the podcast? And then like the next day, it's like, thank you so much. I'm like, okay. All right, cool. All right, all right. <laughs> it worked out. But yeah, you know, I, I do have to tell you that definitely your posts are amazing. Keep doing what you're doing um, because, you know, sometimes people will take it in. They have time to respond and sometimes they don't. But, you know, the more we just put ourselves out there and, and continue to make these changes, sometimes like, you know, it's something new. We're not used to it. You know, you and I can relate to starting a podcast because, we couldn't find any other podcasts, right? So now it's something new. So we are part of this new change of, of in our world. So that's it's it's amazing. So part of that like imposter syndrome, right? Um, that kicks in mm-hmm. at times. It kicks in in areas of our motherhood, right? Relationship, like work, and um, what can you say as a mother? Um, I know you have a mission statement, which is awesome. Um, if you want to, yeah, it's beautiful. So, a ver, explícales why and how you created this mission statement. Oh my god, I have to look at it now. Yeah, <laughs> it is um, awesome. Yeah, so I made a um, when I was making the website. I um, I was like, okay, what is the purpose of me doing this work? And, um, when, yeah, like making the blog, like why is this important mm-hmm. and really how to solidify, um, what my purpose is. And I don't, I think I was like just doing research about defining, um, myself as a radical mama. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I came across somebody else's parenting mission statement and I thought that was pretty cool that they had one. And so I started doing more research. I'm a very like research, um, based, like, I have to, like, think and learn. I, I love yes. knowing all of that. So I, so I also have it um, links that helps me create my mission statement. But it reads, um, we will parent as a team, affirming their person more than their performance and value their spirit of meaningful action. Um, yeah, so yeah. that parenting mission statement, uh, I also made it with my husband. I didn't just do it by myself. Oh, nice. I didn't, that wouldn't be authentic just to do it by myself. Yeah. Um, I sat down and we talked about it. And I shared different options and asked, like, what were the the root of, of us as parents and what we wanted for our kids. Mm-hmm. And we both um, didn't take uh, the traditional path to college or to graduate. You know, we had a lot of hiccups in our lives. Yeah. And um, so we also wanted to uh, talk about affirming who our children will be um no matter what their identities are or what they do but as long as that they are good people so um thinking about like the spirit of meaningful action that everything they do is is a conscious action for Mm -hmm. the brothers and their sisters and their community um so we want them to have that first and foremost before 
any sort of, um, before praising them for, uh, like, just their grades. Yeah, you know, like they're not just a good kid just because they have good grades, but mm-hmm. they have to be a good kid to be a good kid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so we want to make sure that we are praising who they are before how they perform. Yeah, that's a that is awesome because you know as you're sharing your mission statement, and then you know I think for all of us that moms that are listening to this, or you know even though or for those who are not moms but thinking about what is the mission statement right of your life, what is the mission statement with your kids, and it's awesome because you said well this mission mission statement is not just me and my partner right your husband is your partner. And you're coming together uh-huh. to be able to raise, you know, your kids and give them the knowledge and love and connecting heart to heart with them. So they understand the message because when we don't connect with our kids heart to heart, was the message goes out the window and they don't really take it in. Or what do you think about that? Yeah. And I think um, a lot of that has to do with like the work I do. I, for the last 10 years, I worked with elementary youth. Okay. And with school yeah with that age group and so really being able to practice um talking to these young people with empathy and with care um so in the communities that I served there was a lot of trauma a lot of um physical fighting you know you see a lot of that and being able to break down fights with um with compassionate words and with with reading exercises um, was very, very important to how I want to be a mom as well. Like, I feel like all my kids, all, all my students before me, like, have uh, raised me and, like, prepared me to be a mom. Mm. Um, okay, that's interesting, because, yeah. Be- yeah, because they bring different challenges, right? Like, our youth are so such different people, and I've worked with hundreds of thousands of kids <laughs> over yeah. the last 10 years. And each year they teach me something different, how to, I could be working with a kid for three years and what I did year one with them isn't going to be the same thing what they need in year three because they're at a different developmental stage. Yeah. And so really honoring what are they, what, where are they developmentally and what makes sense? Because I can't expect my, um, let's see, she's going to be 19, I can't expect my 19th month old to... Um, speak with me with a certain uh, tone because yeah. she's still learning her words. You know, she's still mm-hmm. like developing boundaries. And so I can't be mad if she doesn't understand boundaries yet. And yeah. we haven't made connections to those words. So if I'm saying something and she, and she hasn't heard that before, I can't be upset that she doesn't know what I'm saying because she doesn't understand. Yeah. It's just really like uh, treating my child with empathy and respect. Um, and I feel like I learned that with all of the youth I've, I've worked with before. Yeah. Oh, that's a good way to, to put it, right? Like, the students that you had, that you work with, and I think that's, I I don't remember where I heard this um, a while back, but they said that every, it's either client or student or person that comes in your life is for a reason to, to be able to give something to you or give back, right? Like a, an exchange of an impact of some way or another. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and, and and that's the thing, right? We give to our kids that love and empathy, but and as mothers, right? We have to give that self to ourselves as well, um, because then, yeah. right? Because then that imposter syndrome kicks in, and and then we believe whatever it is we're saying. It's a negative thought, but we have to always remember: wait, I am worthy. How am I giving myself compassion? What have I? What am I trying to teach my kids 
that maybe I haven't mastered yet. You know, right? It's kind of like that giving yeah. back and forth, right? What do you think? Uh-huh. Yeah, I feel like, um, I think as a mother, I don't feel as much imposter syndrome because um, I, I feel I've always, I was meant to be a mom. Oh, nice. um, and I think I, I learned that when I had a, my miscarriage like four or five years ago. Mm. And um, and then that was something that I had yearned for for a very long time after. Mm. And um, it, just, it just feels like it comes naturally to me. Um, but uh, I forgot where I was going with this. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, well, the imposter but, uh, syndrome, it, right? It doesn't yes, kick in. Yes. I don't feel as much as an imposter as a mother. Um, it just it feels it feels right to me. Um, the only times I feel like worried is if um, if like she's if she will receive it, and I guess I can't see that yet oh, for another okay. four years, okay. or not four years, but like four years to come. You know what I mean? So yeah. I feel like I won't know if I'm doing it right until until she's able to express herself um, and then be in social spaces where she's respecting others or mm. not and then i'll find out what we have to do to adjust what we want her how we want her to be respectful of others yeah yeah that's that's the thing right like it's like like you said not having the imposter syndrome as a mother and because you felt it ever right mm-hmm. like you've always wanted to be a mother and now you're like okay i'm doing the work i'm doing the work is it paying off is it paying off <laughs> and it, you know what it probably it i'm sure it is I'm sure it is, you know, you, when are, I think when our kids are so loving, um, mm-hmm. you know, and they, they give that back to us in a hug or in, in a random comment, that's just confirmation there as well. Right. That they're like, okay, yes. it's so beautiful. They're so randomly amazing <laughs> at times. Yes. Like my daughter just started like giving me a little bit of seat like here and there. If I, she's in Aww. my arms and then she goes, and I go, okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like she affirms me in that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that feels really good. The only times I feel, I guess I do, in a way, I do feel like in a, um, I could have imposter syndrome is working from home during this pandemic. Oh, and yes. um, not being able to give her the time that she deserves from me. Mm. Um, because I'm always on Zoom or an, I'm in a classroom or in a meeting or something. Yeah. Um, and so I feel those are the times when I do have imposter syndrome. Like, am I able to be a working person and be a mom at the same time? And that's when I feel um, the most uneasy about about my role. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one, right? Because it's like, como me divido? And in, in, to uh-huh. give me those times, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. The interruptions. Sometimes it's like, oh, my God, I want milk or I want something. And it's like, oh, okay, let me take a deep breath. (laughs) The frustration. Yeah. Yeah. And my husband does a lot of, like, a lot of the support around the home. And so then I feel like, okay, if he's doing, like, why am I, like, what is my role here? You know, if he's doing everything, um, if he's supporting and I'm just, I'm just working. So like, am I, am I holding my weight? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That self, there's those questions we ask ourselves to kind of just assess where we're at. Yes. Mm, okay. I know that, um, in your podcast and I think in one, you said that you grew up 
this is how you said we had we had one self to answer to right inspired a lot by our mexican heritage um uh-huh. so can you ex- it share that a little bit more as to you know how did you feel like you just felt kind of alone answering all these questions because i think all of us can relate so um having you know oneself to answer to answer to Can, can you repeat that? What, can you ask that a little differently? Yeah. Okay. So I know that in your podcast, you said something like we have oneself to answer to, right? I think mm-hmm. I, I, what I, what I understood was that we're living this life. Like, I guess you, we live this life having these like questions, but because of the way we grew up, sometimes we just, we just um answer the question i mean we ask ourselves a question and we answer the question without any guidance that's how i understood it oh yes yeah so like having to like navigate like college right like those kinds of things we had to like figure out on our own yeah and um, life uh-huh it i think something like that and then um i think i was also trying to say something around identity mm. um where where like I right, like I have to choose my identity because um I, because I no somos de aquí. <laughs> I think I think I know what you're saying in regards to ni somos de aquí ni somos de allá but all of these things that just kind of um gives us this um how can I say like these challenges right that sometimes we're like with like who am I I haven't had I haven't had the the guidance emotionally and then one academically um I don't know. Yeah, I feel like uh, definitely emotionally that was um, something that I feel I needed more guidance from as a young person. Yeah. But then, you know, um, at the time, my fam- my parents were more like, but you don't need therapy, you're fine. And so you, I had to navigate like, well, what does this mean? Like, uh, as a young person, like, what is like my depression? What is my, my place here? Um, and... And so now I feel like I, as an adult, I do a lot of my, my life to honor what my parents have done. Mm, and okay. so now it's, it comes back into honor, um, yeah. to make sure that their sacrifices were worth it, that the sacrifices of my abuelos were worth it. And, um, and because I'm living differently than them as in like having had to go to college, um, moved away from my family, uh, that I've had to do a lot of this navigating on my own um and then just learning how to just raise my child differently yeah. where like okay yes you can cry um and yes you, you can go to therapy yes you can do you know just being more open to, to yeah. giving the need, her resources yeah um to her and what she needs that's good and the reason I just also wanted to highlight that out is because I think there's many moms who you know can relate to that to growing up in that manner as well and and now we're trying to shift it now we're trying to do a different way of of teaching our kids and teaching ourselves right and like removing trying to eliminate but like learn from those generational traumas and and know that we are worthy and even though there's a lot of political issues behind that and sometimes you know you know we, Getting so much into that, saying like we don't want your raza here, but we're not going anywhere. <laughs> that creates a lot of, lot of issues, definitely. But we're thriving. It's so beautiful, don't yeah. you think? Yeah, 
It's, it's yeah, amazing. I love it. And I love celebrating our culture and just bringing it more into my into my home. Um, it's a little bit harder to implement culture when, like, you're away from your family. Yeah. So um, all of my family is in Los Angeles still, and so I'm having to, like, okay, remember, what are my what are our traditions, like make sure that we cook the same food. Am I exposing my daughter to enough like music of, of our people, of our yeah. culture, yeah. <laughs> you know? So like all that kind of stuff. Um, it, in a way it's uh, recreating, right? We get to retell the stories and, um, mm-hmm. and I enjoy that. I'm excited to share more of that with my daughter. That's so beautiful. Yeah. It's so important to bring that culture through, like you said, food, music, right? And celebrating it, celebrating and not letting it go, not letting it go and continue to embrace it. Beautiful. Well, Araceli, thank you so much for sharing, you know, part of your life and and how you continue to um, impact others through your social media, through your podcast, through your daughter, because you're giving her so much knowledge and our kids, we want our kids to be an asset, right, in society so that they can share what we shared with them and then they can share whatever new things they've shared and just domino effect for sure. Yes, yes. Yeah. I'm over here nodding my head back in, you know, up and down. <laughs> no te veo, pero me too acá. Yeah. <laughs> that is so awesome. Thank you, Mama Pola, for having me. I feel so honored um, to be in this space and be in this conversation with you. Oh, thank you. And thank you. You're very welcome. And um, so how can... The, um, they find you on Instagram. I mean, I'll still put it on there. Is there any other website that you would like to share so they can check you out? Yeah, um, you can find me. Anyone that's listening can find me on Instagram at radical underscore mama. Um, and mama spelled M-O-M-M-A. And then um, I have a blog also. Uh, it is radicalmama.com. So you can go ahead and find my mission statement there and um, what being radical mama means to me so you can find all of that um on the blog and then um you can listen to my podcast a radical mama podcast um on spotify apple podcast and uh google podcast all that good stuff okay awesome go check her out ladies um thank you so much for listening i hope you guys have a beautiful day don't remember i mean what i meant is Always remember, <laughs> and don't remember not to be cool. Be, be better than cool. Be amazing and worthy. But um, remember to always create amazing spaces in your life. It can be in your home. And remind yourself of your worth. No están solas. Thank you so much. Adios. Gracias por escuchar. Thank you so much for tuning in the Chicana and Latina Moms podcast. You can find me on Instagram at Chicana underscore Latina Moms Podcast. And also, don't forget to leave a review. Gracias.